Today on From His Heart, the answer to the question everyone is asking. Hey, how near is the end? Are we really living in the last days? Have you not known that preachers have been talking about the end of the world and some street preachers have made up signs, the end is near, sandwich boards? I mean, that's been going on for a long, long time. Are we really living in the last days? Is Gabriel really licking his lips, getting ready to blow the trumpet? Is Jesus coming soon? Bible prophecy can be a hot topic for believers and non-believers alike. But are there some definitive signs we can look for that signal the second coming of Jesus to this earth? We'll discover the answer to this today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, who all this month is helping us better understand end-time events. And today's message nails it down in concrete. The lesson is called, How Near Is the End? We'll have part one of this message today, part two tomorrow. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 24 as Pastor Jeff Shreve answers the question, how near is the end? The disciples asked Jesus about the end of the world. They wanted to know about that. One day they were walking outside the temple and The disciples remarked about Herod's temple. It took 46 years to build it. And they said, isn't this a gorgeous temple? Look at all these buildings and all this ornate stuff, Jesus. And he said to them, I say to you, not one stone here shall be left upon another, which will not be torn down. And it caused them to ask him this question. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 3. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? They wanted to know about the end of the world. Hey, how near is the end? Are we really living in the last days? Have you not known that preachers have been talking about the end of the world and some street preachers have made up signs, the end is near, sandwich boards. I mean, that's been going on for a long, long time. Are we really living in the last days? Is Gabriel really licking his lips, getting ready to blow the trumpet? Is Jesus coming soon? You know, it's kind of funny. When you are older, you desire, you pray with John the apostle, even so come Lord Jesus. You want him to come. But when you're younger, you're in college and you're thinking, you know, I would really like to get married, you don't want Jesus to come right away. You want him to come a little later. Lord, can you come after I get married and after I have a child? I prayed that when I was in college. And then it is, you know, you get married and it's 2 a.m. and the baby's screaming and you're praying with John. Even so, come Lord Jesus. You know, you want that. But hey, the Lord has all that under control and he's gonna come at the right time. And nobody knows the exact time. You know, there are people that try and set dates. Bible says don't do that because you don't know. The scripture says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, 
Jesus in his physical body as a human being before he was glorified, he didn't even know. He said, but the Father alone, it's heaven's most guarded secret when exactly the Lord is coming again. Some people think the Mayans know, December 21st, 2012. They say, well, they know. No one knows, so don't set a date because you don't know. But now, while we can't know the exact day or hour, we can know the season of his return and we can know about the signs. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 16 because they didn't discern the signs. He said this to them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times. They missed his first coming. Why? Because they could not discern the times, uh, the signs of the times. And some people are going to miss his second coming. They're not going to be ready for a second coming. Why? Because they can't discern the signs of the times. When I was a kid growing up, there was a popular song on the radio in the early 70s. It said, sign, sign, everywhere a sign. Blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? And the Lord says, it's not just one sign. There are many signs. Can you discern the signs of the times? I want to share with you seven signs that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 24, in the first few verses of Matthew chapter 24, that show us that the end is very, very near. The Lord, as the scripture says, is right at the door, right at the door. It is so near. Sign number one, there is the sign of false Christs and false prophets. Look at verse four. And Jesus answered and said to the disciples when they asked him these questions, and they asked him three questions. Uh, when will these things be? The destruction of the temple, that happened in 70 AD. And what will be the sign of your coming? That's a whole separate time. And then the end of the age, the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. And verse 11, and many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. So the very first sign that he says, the sign of false Christs and false prophets. And we have had false Christs throughout history. We've had a lot of them just in our recent history. Names that you know just here in America, false Christs. How about the false Christ, Sun Young Moon? He is the head of the Unification Church, the head of the Moonies. He said that he was the Christ. How about the false Christ known as Jim Jones? Jim Jones from Jonestown, the people's temple who killed all those people in Guyana because he said he was the Christ and they were supposed to die along with him. How about someone close to home? Waco, Texas, David Koresh. David Koresh who said he was Jesus Christ. All these false Christs that are popping up, and not to mention other people that we don't really know here in America, but there are other people in different parts of the world that say they are Christ. And people follow them, and they follow them in droves. And Jesus said, hey, for many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and will mislead many. He's not talking about misleading one or two. He's talking about misleading many. Who do the Muslims worship? You say, well, they worship Allah. Yeah, who is their prophet, Muhammad, not Jesus Christ, Muhammad. 
They always say, peace be unto him, Muhammad, because he is the kingpin, Muhammad. And millions and millions and millions and millions follow him and the things that he wrote. Now you're here and you say, well, Jeff, I would never follow a false Christ. That what, that's not going to mislead me because I know that there's only one Christ. His name is Jesus and I follow Jesus. Well, see, you, you may not be caught up in false Christ, but you can easily get caught up in false prophets, false teachers. That's why he said in verse 11, and many false prophets will arise and they'll mislead many. Second Peter chapter 2 says, false prophets arose among the people just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves, and many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. Now, you know how you guard yourself against false Christs and false prophets and false teachers and false doctrine? You spend time in this book. That's how you do it. You read this book. I love what the scripture says about the Christians in Berea. Acts 17, 11, it says, now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. For when they received the word, for when they heard the word, they received it with great eagerness. Paul was preaching and they received Paul's preaching with great eagerness. And then it says, they examined the scripture daily to see whether these things were so. They didn't take Paul at his word. They said, okay, Paul, you're preaching this stuff. We're going to go home and we're going to check you out. And that's what we're supposed to do with anyone you hear. You need to do that with anything I preach. You check it out to make sure Pastor Jeff is telling the truth. You hear somebody on television or somebody on the radio, check it out to make sure that is true. Because false Christs and false prophets are going to arise. And Jesus said, that is the first sign. Sign number two. There is the sign of wars and rumors of wars. Look at verse six. And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened for those things must take place, but that is not the end. Wars and rumors of wars. Has anybody heard lately about wars and rumors of wars? Anyone? Yeah. I mean, everything in the Middle East it's just constantly you're hearing about wars and rumors of wars. And you know what's really interesting? When we had the 2000 election, George Bush versus Al Gore, nobody was talking about war at that time. I mean, it was almost like war was passe. It's like, yeah, we don't have to worry about that anymore. And then a little event took place that we know as 9-11, and we've been at war ever since. War with terrorism. War in Afghanistan, war in Iraq, war now in Libya, war all over the place. And the Middle East is the hotbed for war. And you know, the Lord had told us in Matthew chapter 24, he told us about the parable of the fig tree. And most Bible scholars think that that's talking about the nation of Israel and Israel coming back into the land. And that was so critical when they came back into the land. I mean, a nation was born in a day. The book of Isaiah said, who would have ever thought that a nation would be born in a day? But the United Nations gave the land of Israel back to the Jews, and they said, this is your land, and a nation was born in a, in a day. And why is that so critical? Because every prophecy dealing with the second coming of Jesus Christ has to have Israel living in the land. God is not through with Israel. So now Israel is living in the land and if you know anything about that part of the world, you know that Israel is surrounded by Muslim nations and the Muslims don't get along. 
They can't agree. Iran and Iraq were fighting all the, t- all the time, and then I- Iraq fought against Kuwait, Muslim nations fighting against each other. But one thing they do agree on, they hate Israel. They hate Israel. They want to destroy Israel. Ahmadinejad, the president of Iran, his goal is to wipe Israel off the map. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get nuclear weapons, and he wants to blast away at Israel. You read in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, those important chapters of Bible prophecy, those chapters about Gog and Magog, that speaks of a Russian Islamic attack on Israel. And it's at that time where God stands up and God defends Israel, and it's amazing. Scripture says in Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Lord says, then they'll know that I'm the Lord. I'm going to stand up in that day. Most people don't know exactly when that takes place, this big fight where Russia teams up with the Islamic nations and comes against Israel. We're not sure exactly when that takes place. Does that take place before the rapture of the church or after the rapture of the church? I would like to think it takes place after the rapture of the church when the Lord comes to take us out of here, but we don't know for sure. But that's getting ready to happen, and all the players are in place, and you read and hear about what's going on in Libya and what's going on in Iran and all these different players that the Bible talks about in Ezekiel 38 and 39. So there are wars and rumors of wars, a big, big sign that we're in the last of the last days. Sign number three, there is the sign of disasters, natural disasters. Luke chapter 12, verse 11, Jesus said, and there will be great earthquakes and in various places, plagues and famines, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Have we not seen recently great earthquakes? The earthquake in Japan that produced that tsunami that just devastated Japan, a 9.0 on the Richter scale earthquake that just wiped out and wiped out that nuclear power plant and created so many problems. In 2004, we had the earthquake that created that tsunami and took out Indonesia, killed a quarter of a million people, moved the island of Sumatra. It shook so hard, it moved the island of Sumatra 100 feet to the southwest. That's a great earthquake, 9.2 on the Richter scale. How about the storms that hit the southeast just a few days ago. There's the tornado. I saw on CNN, they were interviewing the meteorologist who was from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He said, I've lived here a long time. I've covered storms a long time. He said, I've never seen a tornado like this one. He said, this was a super tornado. It was a mile across. It was 200 miles, spun around 200 miles an hour, and it stayed on the ground for such a long time. It just mowed through everything in its path. I mean, what do you do against a mile-wide, 200-mile-an-hour tornado? And those are signs from heaven, and those are disasters. And with those disasters, they create all kinds of economic disasters and set the stage for famine and for pestilence and all sorts of other things. And those types of activities should get our attention. The earthquakes, especially the U.S. Geological Society said this, earthquakes have increased every decade for the last 50 years. You know, when something great is getting ready to happen, God brings an earthquake. 
When Jesus died on the cross, there was an earthquake. When Jesus rose from the dead, there was an earthquake. In the Old Testament, when the Lord gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai, there was an earthquake. And the earth has been quaking and quaking and quaking. And that's God's way of saying, you get ready. You get ready. You get ready. Because my son is getting ready to return. So there is the sign of natural disasters. And you know, when it talks here about terrors, there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. You know, one of the things that people are so afraid of when you talk about disasters, how these disasters affect the economies of the world. You know, our economy is a house of cards. I mean, we don't like to think about that. Everybody gets nervous about that to think about that. But listen, Economics 101, if you consistently spend more money than you make, eventually you go broke. I mean, how many in here have ever played Monopoly? You know, in Monopoly, when you can't pay your bills, you go broke. They take your token off the board. You're done. We haven't been able to pay our bills for a long time. How long can that keep going on? I think our economic system is just a house of cards. I personally believe that there is going to be worldwide economic collapse that will set the stage for the Antichrist to come up and say, I have all the answers. You follow me. I'll get you back on the road to prosperity and everyone will follow him because they'll say, that's what we want. That's what we need. We're in desperate shape here. Disasters. There's the sign number four of persecution. Look at verse nine. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. Persecution, hated by all nations. Why? Because you're a Christian. Because you hold to the name of Christ. Did you know that it is reported more Christians have been killed in the 20th century than in all the other centuries combined in martyrdom? You take all the other centuries and you combine them and it's not as many Christians as as have been killed just in the 20th century. Why? The persecution has ratcheted up several notches. And the persecution is coming to America. We are experiencing it in little doses, but there is persecution. When you take a hard stand for Christ at your school, at your job, in your neighborhood, in some churches... And man, they come at you. I had a friend of mine, he was a Gideon, is a Gideon in Houston. He got arrested for handing out Bibles at one of the high schools, Klein High School, that was just down the street from where we lived. He was arrested and jailed for doing that. They said he violated some law, got too close to the school or whatever. They put him in jail for handing out a New Testament. Wow. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if very soon it becomes a crime to preach the whole counsel of God, to tell people that, you know what? God loves homosexuals, but he hates the sin of homosexuality. Just as God loves adulterers, but he hates the sin of adultery. And people will say, well, you know, that's that's hate speech. If you say God hates homosexuality, that's hate speech. We're gonna put you in jail. I tell you what, I don't care if I have to go to jail. I'm gonna stand up for the word of God. there's persecution. And you know what persecution leads to? Persecution leads to sign number five. 
And that is the sign of apostasy. Apostasy. That word means to fall away from the faith. When you fall away from the faith, you apostatize. You say, I don't, I don't hold to that anymore. I'm going to go this other direction. Apostasy. And the Lord talked about it. Verse 10, and at that time, many will fall away and will deliver up one another and hate one another. Many will fall away. Persecution always brings with it a falling away. Persecution, when you turn up the heat, you find out who's real and who's a faker, who's a believer and who's a make-believer. Jesus told the parable of the sower and he went out to sow the seed and he said some seed fell on the shallow soil and he said in that seed, it sprang up really fast. But when the sun came out, it withered and died because it had no depth of soil. And Jesus said the sun is persecution, the sun is affliction. And people who are uh, in the rocky soil, in the shallow soil, they say, yeah, I believe. But then when they're persecuted for their belief, they bail out on the Lord Jesus Christ quicker than anything. Oh, I, I didn't really believe. And the Bible says, Jesus said, that kind of person is only temporary. They didn't really believe with all their hearts. They were only temporary. They got carried into the moment and they're like, wow, this is awesome. They're just uh, people that get into an emotional decision. They really hadn't thought it through. Remember, Jesus said, you count the cost. No king goes to war unless he counts the cost and sees if he can win this war. Nobody builds a tower unless he counts the cost to see if he can afford to build the whole thing. So those who are temporary, it shows up when persecution hits and they bail out. They bail out. And in the last days, there are going to be people bailing out on Jesus Christ right and left. In the last days, you will have a plethora of lukewarm Christians. Today you heard part one of the lesson called, How Near is the End? And the truths in it are also the foundation for a popular booklet from Pastor Jeff by the same name. Plus, the booklet and the nine-message series, Future Shock, What in the World is Going On? Both are our special gifts of thanks for your support this month of any amount. As we seek it from his heart to reach the world with the good news of salvation through Christ and Christ alone, from his heart exists to tell as many people as possible the truth in love, that God loves them no matter how much they think they may have disobeyed him, and God's arms are open wide if they simply turn to him in repentance and faith. That is critical, a vital lesson as the end draws near. Your gifts are helping us to touch hearts and homes with it. Now, Pastor Jeff receives no income from this ministry. He's strictly a volunteer. If you're able to give a gift this month, we'll send you the booklet, How Near is the End, and the nine-message series, Future Shock. It's available on a USB flash drive, CDs, DVDs, or a digital download. Just go online to fromhisheart.org or call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE. God bless you for aligning your heart with God's desire for us to reach the world for Christ. Remember, too, that when you do go online, you can listen to this and all the other programs that we've already aired this month from the Future Shock series. Just click the Listen tab. You can also watch these messages online, too. Hey, we hope when you visit our website, you'll sign up for Pastor Jeff's weekly Real Hope email encouragement letter. It'll be delivered into your inbox each and every Friday morning. 
And there, too, you can become a friend of the ministry on our social media channels. The web address again, fromhisheart.org. Well, thank you for joining us today on From His Heart with part one of How Near is the End? I'm Larry Nobles, inviting you to be with us tomorrow as we close out this month of End Times Prophecy Lessons and the conclusion to the lesson, How Near is the End? That's Friday, when Pastor Jeff Shreve will open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from God's heart. Here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.